You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. The Freep Film Festival begins today, and the first film of the festival, 12th and Claremont, looks back at the Detroit Uprising of 1967, looks at its causes and its aftermath using home movie footage donated by Metro Detroiters. It screens tonight at 6.30 p.m. at the Fillmore in Detroit, though you may have a tough time finding tickets to this unique film. They have been selling like hotcakes. Joining me now to talk about that film and the other films that you can go see during the festival are Kathy Kalashevsky. She is the deputy director of photo and video at the Detroit Free Press, and Bill McGraw, who's a local history buff and former Detroit Free Press reporter. Welcome to Detroit Today, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. So 12th and Claremont, I mean, if you look at social media, if you sort of are just around town, there is probably not a hotter ticket in Detroit tonight. People really want to see this film. And I think it really speaks to the deep emotions people still have about 1967, about what it meant then, what it means now. We're at the 50th anniversary of it this summer. Talk about what this film does on both a factual and emotional level? Well, as you mentioned, we are using a lot of donated home movies from Detroiters that we partner with the DIA to kind of do a huge collection and call out for that. Um, But we also then uh, worked with WXYZ to bring in uh, newsreel footage and then the Prelinger Archive, which is just filled with uh, propaganda films, industrial films, educational films, and wove this tale using oral histories from people who were going through the event and have lived through it and their perspectives on what happened. I mean, it's a, it's a really unique way that we have put this film together because it's unlike any other documentary. You're not going to see that expert kind of explaining to you from his office with the books what he, you just saw. It's people's real accounts of what happened to them and the impact and, and things that were, they were going through. It's woven in a very emblematic kind of way. So the imagery and the the oral histories are meant to convey an emotion and a feeling. And there is a lot of deep emotion. There are moments where people, I think, are just going to be left kind of speechless yeah. because it's stuff that you've never seen before and stories you've never maybe heard before. Yeah. yeah. Bill, you were in Detroit in 1967 and, and spent your career writing about Detroit in the aftermath of of what happened. Talk about how the, the, the film struck you as someone who has sort of been up close with this material for 50 years. Well, when I first saw the, the first run through of the film, I had a, a pretty emotional reaction, which I think people will. There's uh, like the movie ends on both a, a high note for the time, which is uh, integrating a neighborhood, Rosedale Park, in the mid-70s. Uh, and you know that the integration of Detroit didn't happen. It yeah, went in it the other work. direction. And so, um, you know, it's, um, it's a very uh, sobering movie. Uh, and um, because I think our recent past has been very sobering, to put it mildly. So uh, that's how I felt. Um, I also, uh, even though I've written about the various anniversary, the riot uh, and the rebellion on the various anniversaries over the years, uh, 50 years ago, there there isn't much film. There isn't a whole lot of film left. So I was uh, surprised to see some footage that, you know, we also got stuff from the uh, National Archives, mm-hmm. from the LBJ Museum or uh, Library. 
And so uh, seeing it all in one place was also really quite an experience that I think people will find interesting also. Yeah, I, I, we should also mention that there will be a panel discussion after the movie tonight at the Fillmore. Bill, you will be on that panel. and I understand you're leading I it. I will be the moderator for said panel. So we'll have lots to talk about about, uh, about 1967 uh, and this footage. Uh, Having seen uh, at least one cut of the movie myself, I will also say that that for people who, like me, who grew up here but weren't alive in 1967, you know, we've heard these stories about what happened then over and over and over again, and it really sort of framed a lot of my childhood. It was stunning to see, especially the home movies from that time, things that gave you a sense of what the city looked like, what the city felt like. Uh, these are things that I was only able to sort of conjure some image of in my mind before, but to see it on a screen through people's uh, memories was really, really powerful. The two things that really struck me in the movie was Detroit of 50 years ago looked so different than it does today, and it was so much more crowded There were a people. lot more people. Yeah, and uh, the store, I mean, the sections of the city you see in the movie look like Toronto and Chicago. Lots of stores. That's one of the reasons there was so much looting. There were lots of stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, uh, lots of other films being screened at the Free Film Festival. Kathy Kalashevsky, tell me about some of the others people will want to go see. Well, you mentioned that one sold out and a lot are selling out quickly. So I think we've hit a go rhythm. Go buy tickets. I know. Go buy <laughs> tickets because we've had people say, can't you add another screening? You know, there's only so many spots and times left in, in a short weekend. Um, but we have a number of really cool films that we think um, are of high interest. A couple screened and had their world premiere at Sundance. And they're here now, you know, two and a half months later, having their Michigan premiere. Um, one film is called The Force. Uh, it looks at kind of community policing and police relations within um, the community of Oakland, California. And even though it's all the way set in Oakland, it resonates, I think, in every community across um, the country. And just kind of how that um, they were under a consent degree and they were having some issues within the department and how they tried to address those um, issues within the community and some of the unfolding because it's a harder problem to solve than just, sure. you know, we're going to tackle this and not do this anymore. There's so many layers to it. So that's a, a really powerful film. Another one that was at Sundance is called Dolores. This woman behind kind of Cesar Chavez and the founding of the farm uh, workers Union, mm-hmm. um, a great and powerful story about her and her role in that is kind of the unsung hero type of story. And then Stanley Nelson, those of you who were at the festival last year will remember that we screened his Black Panthers documentary. Well, he's back this year with the Tell Them We Are Rising is the story of the HBCUs and its 170 year legacy of kind of educating African Americans throughout this country. So um, some pretty cool stuff to see. And yeah. then another one that we discussed prior to going on air was the White Boy, which yes. is having its world premiere. Uh, it's the story of Rick Worsey Jr., who, for those of you who don't know, was a young teenager entangled in the drug scene in Detroit back in the late 80s. He, him and I are, I think, the same age. Yeah. So I remember those We're stories. We're all the same age. We're all, you and I are the same <laughs> age. Right. Um, and kind of how he's the longest serving juvenile uh, nonviolent offender in Michigan history where for having 650 yeah. grams of cocaine. That's another film I'm really looking forward to because, again, uh, it, it's framed by the memories that I have of growing up here, the, the, his sort of emergence as a media figure and then uh, entanglement with, uh, with the police was, was legendary in the 1980s. Yeah, the film kind of looks at, you know, 
how he got this moniker and how he rose to this, you know, pretty you know, notorious fame and whether or not it was actually um, warranted. You know, was he really just kind of an underling or whatever it is? And, you know, Chris Hansen, who was a reporter here on TV back in the 80s mm-hmm. and is now in the To Catch a Predator, I'm, I'm not sure what station, but anyway, yeah. he's going to be on the panel along with the director um, and some, you know, former drug dealers that were dealing drugs in the city during that time when there was a huge, are all on the panel to kind of discuss why Rick is still in jail. Yeah. I mean, it gets explored in the film and then and, uh, the, and Bill McGraw, you play a you play a significant <laughs> role in all of this. My stories do. You were uh, a reporter at the Free Press. Yes, I was covering this. federal court that yeah. year, and um, Rick was in federal court a lot, as was his father, his late father. The movie also raises really interesting questions about the FBI and their use of Rick as an informant. Uh, it raises also interesting questions about the Detroit police yeah. and Detroit politicians. It's really I had nothing to do with that movie, the making of it. Uh, I can say it's really an interesting movie if you're at all interested in Detroit's yeah. recent history. Well, that story, I think, is fascinating for a number of reasons, but but uh, part of it is the layering, I think, that, that uh, sort of unfolded while this happened. I mean, there is a keen racial dynamic to the, just the, the name White Boy Rick, let right. alone the idea of uh, a white drug dealer being punished the way he was, uh, the, the, the attention that he got versus versus other people. I mean, there's a lot that there's a lot of Detroit sort of history tied up in that incident. So I'm really looking forward to that film. Uh, talk about the, the 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 film festival as an event. This is remind me which year. It's year four. This is year four. It's growing each year, I feel like. And there are bigger and bigger films. Yeah, I mean, that's part of I mean, you, you, we had a steep learning curve. I mean, throwing a film festival is not something you just kind of turn around and do every day. Um, and but as you get kind of working within distributors, meeting filmmakers, you know, people tend to have a little more trust in you. So being able to land three films that were out at Sundance and then bringing them here is pretty significant. I mean, our core is always going to be Detroit-focused films, Detroit filmmakers, things that celebrate us or explore issues here. But again, there are some things that just, you know, the dotted lines lead back from all films and and, a lot of the films that are in the lineup. And we just we want to bring those those bigger issues here to discuss things and how they're relevant yeah. here. But yeah, we've got about fifty events that are not just films. You know, we have a we have a voguing workshop yes. uh, <laughs> uh, this weekend. So I'm not going to be at that. Oh come on, Stephen! Because <laughs> um, there's a film called Strike a Pose, which is about the dancers behind Madonna's Truth or Dare tour, yeah. her, her documentary, and kind of how their lives have played out. And he and Jose Extravaganza, one of the dancers, is going to give a voguing workshop. So if you want to <laughs> kind of. Do get that. your vote you on. You get, can do that with the Freep Film Festival. Register on FreepFilmFestival.com <laughs> and go to the workshop. Yeah, FreepFilmFestival.com is where you go to buy tickets and register for all of the events. All right, Kathy Kalashevsky, Deputy Director of Photo and Video at the Free Press, Bill McGraw, local history buff and former Free Press reporter, now associated with Bridge Magazine. Bridge Magazine, which contributed course, to the movie which, also. That's also right. As did WXYZ, we should say. And we also should mention the director is Brian Kaufman from the Free Press. Yes, yeah. a wonderful documentarian who works at the Free Press. All right, guys, thanks for being here. Hopefully uh, all goes well this weekend. Thanks, Thank Stephen. you. Absolutely. All right. Up next, we're going to talk about the Detroit connection to the origin of the word carjacking. Stay with us on Detroit Today.